sky is just so beautiful, but we forget how beautiful it is unless like we're snapping a physical, like holding a pen and got the journal open and, and noting what is beautiful in that moment. Because I feel like it goes into our soul. It goes into my skin. It's a, it's a, it's a physical, you know, you and I both know our, our surroundings can change in a second. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think it's so cool when you can re embody, um, embody your life. Like you feel it. What's good, everybody? I'm Joe Longo. This is your Daily Shot of Inspiration, and this is the special interview series happening on the weekends. Today, I'm talking with Jennifer Shelter. Jennifer Shelter is a master of fine arts. She is a yoga educator. She's an artist. She's a writer. She offers meditation, writing, and yoga for self-discovery, self-love, and self-care workshops around the world. Jennifer is a true inspiration. She has been named Best of Philly multiple times, Best of Mindfulness multiple times. I mean, I don't even know what to say about Jennifer besides she is an amazing inspiration. She's an artist. She's an actress. She is a gifted, beautiful soul that we have on this planet. And I am so excited for you to dive into this conversation with us. All of the links to find Jennifer are in the show notes. You can head to our website, follow her on Instagram, follow her on Facebook. She puts out a lot of great content that will help you live your life a little bit better. Check out her workshops and events. And before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that the early bird sale is still happening for my five-week program, Connecting to Your Intuition and Building Self-Confidence Using Oracle Cards. You can find the link for that also in the show notes down below. Now, let's get into this beautiful episode with Jennifer. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you all for being here today. I'm talking with Jennifer Shelter. And if you heard the inter the interview, the intro, you know Jennifer is an amazing soul already. So thank you for being here, Jennifer, and for giving me some of your time to chat about all of the things that are going on, what you're doing from writing to art to manifesting to yoga. So let's get into it. What's happening? What are you up to? What's going on? How have you uh -huh. been? I, I just love the way you're like a cascade of love, Joe. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And totally, really jumping off topic. I Not off topic. I just did a TikTok live earlier today because I set a new intention for myself to push myself. I'm going to do a TikTok live every day for a year. And it may be only a minute. Maybe it's five minutes. Today it was like 10 minutes. And as soon as I got on, I was pulling Oracle cards and, you know, being me trying to be positive and someone jumped in and commented I rebuke I rebuke this in the name of Jesus this is from the devil and I was like oh my goodness I was like you can leave now <laughs> you never know you never know what's going to happen when we put ourselves out there but thank you for the comment I really appreciate it and you know you're the same you're always smiling and glowing every time we talk what's our secret <laughs> secret so i'd love to talk about the and i want to say transition but i know you're still teaching yoga but i feel you you're you're more coaching and helping people do things like there's and i i, I think it's interesting i think this evolution happens with yoga teachers people in in our world right and do you think it's because after yoga class people usually come up to us and start talking 
as if we are already their coach, even though we may not be our, their coach. Yeah, I, I think I, I love your question so much. I think it is, I can only speak for myself, but I, I feel like the journey of self-approval, the journey of self-love, the, you know, the path of, of what are we, what am I doing? What are you doing? What, what can someone help me be me? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like it's a common conversation. Who am I? What am I doing? Am I doing it right? I, I think, you know, after teaching yoga for 25 years, the, the most common uh, heartbreak I see is that, first of all, very few people love their bodies. Very few people have any training in loving their minds or even understanding the self as opposed to the mind mm-hmm. and what is what is the difference between what the mind's saying versus who we really are in our heart and um so all i can say is i came to that crossroads in myself where i realized oh my god it's sort of painful to be seeking approval mm-hmm. and i came to the end of the sidewalk of well I, that process and i think we all come to that at our own rate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, the transition from, you know, hundred percent a yoga teacher to coaching, writing and leading memoir w- workshops and meditation is simply my own pain. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to be more genuine than that. It's, you know, I just got to a point where it was painful not to, not to dive in deeper not to be more intimate or vulnerable or transparent. I think we use the word transparent. I just think it means what's arising in us at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, That's beautiful. Um, I'm curious, when you were doing this, did you realize you were doing it? Or was there someone that you were working with that may have said, hey, Jen, you, you might be a coach. You might be more than this. Or was this an awareness that just evolved over over time? It's such a great question. I, I remember several of my students coming to me and saying, would you help me do X? Mm-hmm. Would you help me manifest a goal or, uh, and also I've been an older sister my whole life. And I think there's, I, I am naturally protective of people. Mm-hmm. I want to help, you know, the, the sort of the genuineness of, of, supporting others makes me happy mm-hmm. and um whether it's supporting plants or flowers or animals or i just love supporting life and i love supporting watching people be happy is a great experience and, and coaching offers that it's very much like the picture over that i'm seeing over your head it's like sunrise you yes. know or sunset it's it's the rising feeling <clears throat> of watching somebody come into their own fullness mm-hmm, but it was actually it was driven the coaching was driven by students who wanted more support mm-hmm. and um but i always loved i always used journaling and writing as a place a journal to reflect it was uh, like a best friend it's like another best friend trying to talk to myself so it's like self-narrative mm-hmm. through writing is very helpful i'm curious about that that the journaling process. Do you go back and read after? I do. I have not, not on a regular yearly basis, 
but since I'm working on a memoir project, I have gone back and it is, it's astounding to see what your third, I mean, I've been keeping a journal since off and on since about um, fourth grade. So second or third grade around and there. Do you still have I, them? I do. Oh, I do. Awesome. And I, the, the yearnings of that little girl are there so clearly, you know, trying to, trying to understand life, putting it together. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really profound to see ourselves, our consciousness through time mm -hmm. and part of us never changes. And part of us sees back who we were. It's like a, it's like a revolving back into that original self because we, well, I'll speak for myself. I really got trained into pop culture especially coming of age in the eighties. Mm -hmm. My God, who wouldn't, I mean, there's so many, so much fabulous music and, and, uh, pop culture was really appealing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's wonderful to then step back from that and look at those journals and say, wow, sweetheart, you didn't have to make that choice. <laughs> right. Which is probably also really healing as well. Being able to, to, to go back. So I asked the, the coaching question and the journaling question. I'm, I love journaling. I have not journaled since I was, you know, four. It started much later in life, like maybe only, I don't know, probably when I started my yoga practice. So maybe like 20, 15 to 20 years ago it started, but not consistent. But in the last couple of years, it's been really consistent. Like it's it's my morning practice. I get up, I have my cup of coffee, and I'm I'm writing. And so much so in my coffee table, it's right over here. It has a a drawer in it, and there are, I think five different notebooks in there that are all flowing. Right, they're all going, and it's all like one is ideas, one is manifestations, one is just like blah, what I'm doing, you know, and they're all flowing, and it really helps me, you know, throughout the day, and. Every once in a while, I'll go back and I'll like just open up a page, almost like it's an Oracle book. And I'll just open up one page and just read one page. And I'll be blown away at like where I was. Am I still there? Am I still in somewhere like kind of trying to still figure out that thing? It's so powerful. And um, I think it's so good for our brain as well to actually put pen, pencil, on the paper it's great if you want to type it up right that's great but i think there's something different with actually physically writing it down absolutely like i have my like this daily field notes that i keep it's the same thing and i often draw a picture of something that's right in front of me i mean on this page there's like some um you know the bloom had just fallen off the geranium so i drew a little picture of of it you can't really see it in this but there's like mm -hmm. a little sketch of what it looked like and to me you never know what like there's so much beauty in getting out of between the ears and 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 like i don't know i just think observation is one of the coolest things in the world because your plants and animals and, and nature. I, I don't know about you, but I'm always so like busy. I'm, I'm busy thinking I need to get somewhere, which is just like the biggest weird fallacy. It's like God's joke on us, you mm -hmm. know? Um, 
that it's wonderful to just stop and see what something really looks like mm -hmm. or smell it or taste it or touch it. So it's not like this, I don't know, the speed at which my mind or the mind thinks it needs to live is, is really erroneous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, for the longest time I would joke around because part of my life is also a, a photographer and I would say I'm a professional yes. observer. Yes, I'm I'm observing. And the other day, Great at it, too. Uh, oh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I was going through and I don't know the name of the website. It's a it's a, a Hindi website all about Vedic astrology. And it breaks down your like your whole chart, like all kinds of things. It's really beautiful for free. Um, obviously, they try to sell you things, but what they give you for free is priceless. And I'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. If you all want to check it out, you do have to know your birth time. And I was going through it. And one of the things that it said was that I'm an observer, like, according to my astrology, like I just observe, I like to just kind of sit back and just watch. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. Like, like, I love going for a while and just looking at the sky or looking at the leaves, right? And all of it and taking it all in. And even though I am a photographer, and I want to quick snap a picture, some of the best things that I see and observe is when I am not taking the picture, when I'm actually like, I'm not going to take a picture of this, I'm going to just keep it inside for myself, I'm going to hold on to it. And it feels a little more special that way, because I can't go back to look at it, I have to go back to my memory to be like, do you remember that sunset? Right? Because this I get to see it every day, right? And I can say, oh, that was sunrise on New Year's Day 2012. Beautiful, right? Very auspicious. 2012, everything was changing. And it's great, right? But to be honest, I don't remember that moment. I captured it, but I don't remember, you know, like, but when I don't take the picture, I can come back to the moment more easily. Which seems a yeah, little screwy, it, but it's almost like pressing the shutter just took me out of the present moment and created yes. a little bit of separation. Yes, uh, I know what you mean. I, I sort of see poetry as the ability to not have a camera, but have the camera, the sensibility of a camera. For instance, I lead this um, open studio once a month, which is the first Monday of the month. And in it, we do an exercise by this amazing genius, Linda Berry, the comic, where we divide our page up into quarters. So we draw a line down the page and go half. And then in one quadrant, we do everything that we see in the moment, like actually see or saw that day. Mm -hmm. And the next quadrant is everything that we hear or heard. The third quadrant is what we did or are doing tasted, touched, or felt. And then the fourth quadrant is draw a draw what's in front of you. And it, really get out of the mind. Don't don't say like, oh, I can't draw a straight line, blah, blah. No, just, okay, I see these books, I see my scrunchie. Because what's phenomenal is our, I, I really, you know, and, and, and the more I feel like I write, the more I feel like each age and stage of our lives is very much like Shakespeare. It's like you can actually feel the ages and stages of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's such a gift to oneself and to others because it is just is, is a gentle. I think it's gentle. <laughs> I yeah. think it's kind. It's kind to oneself. And, and listen, I, I think 
that's the biggest takeaway for me is that it's like, how do we create forgiveness for ourselves? Because we're going to make so many, I, I, I'll speak personally. I feel like I'm, I've made some mistakes in life, you know, and I feel like writing and meditation are the greatest unpluggers of like the, the mean part of the self, you know, the ego that can beat us up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I heard this this morning, yesterday, and I hope I pronounce everybody's names right on the Ed Matt Lath. I think it's Matt Lath. It'll be in the show notes on his yeah. podcast. He had on, I want to say Aaron, and I can't look on my phone because I'm talking on my phone. Aaron Hernandez. He's just like popped onto the scene as this. He was a fitness person. And now he's really just out there. He's creating businesses, working with businesses. But he okay. was talking about this way of reframing. Like a lot of us will say, I'm this way. I have anxiety because of this. I'm anxious because of X, Y, and Z. I'm scattered because of this or that. And he was like, instead of saying a mantra, I am worthy, what if you just change that story? And instead of saying, I'm this way because of this, start saying the way you want to be, right? I'm a successful entrepreneur because, not because of something my parents did, but because I have the drive to do it. And instead yeah. of looking at, you know, these things that we typically look at, right? The, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I don't even like myself, right? We change the story that, Maybe I don't like myself, but how can I start changing this internal story that I actually start liking myself, that I actually start looking at the good things I'm doing, not that I'm, I'm succeeding because I have to, because I didn't want to fail because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, I'm succeeding because I know I can succeed. And creating almost like an argument against what we would typically fight ourselves for and being like, oh, you're, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not tall, well, whatever it may be, and change it. And I was like, that is such an interesting way of looking at it. Because in their discussion, Alex was saying, I, I don't like mantras. I don't like just saying, I'm, I'm this or I am that. He was like, I can't feel it in my body. But if I can create the argument of what I think is holding me back, that it's not holding me back, you're like, that's my mantra. And I thought that was such yeah, a beautiful yeah, practice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that in meditation, I teach very differently. I, I you know, I, I was introduced to meditation, just be quiet for an hour, blah, blah. And that didn't work for me. It doesn't work for a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, similarly, for me, I want to do what I call meditation on the spot, which is meditation on the spot is what is the predominant thought? And where is it coming from? Like if I have a thought, I can't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I, I'm not good enough or geez, how, blah, 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 whatever the negativity is. What, what is that? Right. What do I really want? And then, and then it, it to Lester Levinson, who to me was a genius. Um, his meditation practice really was to say, okay, the mind wants, the mind is a wanting machine. And that wanting is like a flywheel. It's never, it's never going to stop wanting. Mm -hmm. So it's a great idea to get related to watching the want. It's like a helicopter. It's just running in the background, wanting and wanting, and it wants approval. It wants control and it wants safety. And those three things, do I really, being free from that wanting mind that is not that's the wanting mind 
That's all it is. It has nothing to do with Joe or Nancy or Peggy or beyond a name. It's mm -hmm. it's just a wanting. So what I love is taking a look at what what's going on and then saying, wow, do I do I really want to buy into that? Or what do I have? So I have control to take let go all that dribble wheelness because it's a dribble wheel. It, it'll send you off into you know a stratospheric depression. <laughs> It, it totally will. It it's totally just, it has will. no, it is, it's unsatiable. That's the other thing. When people say I have anxiety, I say, take a ticket. You think anyone, I mean, we all have anxiety. Right, exactly. We all have anxiety. We've all faced some kind of trauma, right, growing up. Exactly. I, if you went to school in America, you've experienced some kind of trauma in, in your life, right? And it's just, how can we use everybody it? has been lied to everybody has been duped there's nothing new so to be able to say okay to distinguish what is coming from the programming the helicopter program the gerbil wheel whatever you want to call it and just say oh there it goes again and what do i want to choose i want to have approval of my work okay let's just focus on having approval great what do we need to do what's our priority here Okay, I, I want to write. Good. Let's just sit down and write, or let's take a walk, or let's. But I think it's really smart not to believe everything the mind's serving up. Right. Exactly. Because the mind's not serving up very. I mean, the the mind is a neg has negativity bias, and until that is just not helpful. <laughs> no, it's it, it not at all. And if we pro right, if we can program our mind, but we do, we get on that hamster wheel, and, and we'll be. Yeah. Oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't write. I don't. I don't know where to put my commas. These are things that I say in my head, right? I don't understand punctuation. I well, someone's going to laugh. All of that stuff, right? And it, that internal dialogue that's going also into our mind. Our mind doesn't know if that's real or make believe. It's like what it's going to believe whatever we it we tell it, right? So if we're continually yeah. saying, "Oh, I can't do this," and "I can't do that." our beautiful reticular activating system in our brain is going to show us. It's going to start pointing out to us because it's our filter. Are you familiar with this beautiful system we have in our brain? Have you ever heard of it? Yes. I love it. And I love making people think about pink flamingos. So they're like, that doesn't work. I'm like, okay, pink flamingo. For everybody listening, pink flamingos, pink flamingos, pink flamingos. The pink flamingo is everywhere, everywhere. But we don't see it because it's everywhere. So our brain isn't looking for it. There's no reason for us to look for a pink flamingo. But now that I said pink flamingo about 18 times, it's in our brain. It's in our reticular activating system. So most likely you walk out the door, you're going to go to the grocery store. There will probably be a display at the grocery store with pink flamingos. And someone said to me, oh, this only works because it's summer. It works in the winter. The pink flamingos in the front lawn is still there in the wintertime. Right? And it's just what we're programming in. And if we're continually saying I can't or beating ourselves up about why we can't, our brain is going to say, here, look, this is what you're looking for. I'm going to show you why you can't. But the same is true if we start saying this is why I can't. Neville Goddard calls yes. it uh, the bridge of incidents. So when we can start visualizing, seeing, daydreaming, everybody daydream about what you want, our brain is going to start showing us those things that they're there. We're just looking for why we can't have it instead of why we can. And the brain just does what it's supposed to do. Right. So we might as well, 
you know, say, Hey, you know what I, I, what I want is to be kind to myself. Mm -hmm. What I would want is to be forgiving to myself. I mean, we might as well tell the mind what we want and sit and surrender. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I sort of feel like there's two schools. There's the school. It's like, go get it. <laughs> and then there's the school of surrender. It's, it's already happening. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and I, I feel like I kind of go back on both that yin and that yang ski, you know, sometimes it's like action, action, action towards what we want. Always like a small courageous action, as I call it, when I coach, what's one small courageous action you can take mm -hmm. Is it calling somebody. Is it, I don't know, writing, painting, whatever, what is it getting outside the door in the morning and taking a walk. Um, but then also my sense as I, you know, as I get older is that it's already happening. <clears throat> We're already in the flow of life. You know, the flow of life is already happening. Mm -hmm. We don't have to work. At, I don't, I don't know if we have to work at it so hard or if that's a very, um, Western notion of success. Right. Right. Um, you know what I, mean? I think it was Sadhguru that said this, we are taught we have to work hard, work hard, work hard, work has to be hard. It's like, why aren't we taught to work with joy? <laughs> Very well said. Right? Joe. Like, what yeah, if we, we just work with joy and let it flow, right? Let it let it flow through us. Because when we get into a flow state, we are literally losing time. We're just flowing, right? It's happening for us. But that internal, right? That wheel is going, telling us all of the things that it tells us, which then knocks us out of it and moves us out of the present moment where it's all all happening, right? And beautifully said. that's where the magic is. There's this lovely school of thought, um, you know, time, right? It, it doesn't exist. We use it so we can keep track of what's happening. But if there's this idea that everything is happening all at the same time, right? Everything that ever did happen, will happen, is already happening, then anything you want is already created. We just have to become a vibrational match to it. But becoming the vibrational match is also believing that we can do it, that we can actually become that vibrational match for what we want. And that's where we run in the roadblocks with self-esteem and self-limiting beliefs and thinking all of the silly things that, that we were told as, as children. Uh, and changing, changing the story, changing the paradigm to become that vibrational math, to be like, oh, no, I'm worthy of having this memoir. I'm worthy of being a success at whatever it is that I'm doing. And, and this, I think, might sometimes upset some people. But hope doesn't work. We can't hope, yeah. right, that this will work. Um, I don't remember who said this, but it stuck with me. Hope equals nope. <laughs> right like let's believe right can you rope be in, on a rope exactly it's not gonna get you anything it's gonna get you more bad like more a, a bucket of hope what if we believe i, I totally believe I, I i agree it's like it's not like i hope i go swimming no i i decide to go swimming or <laughs> i decide not to go swimming but i don't hope i go swimming Right, right. I, I think um, 
you know, in, in coaching and in my own uh, process, I notice it is, it is clear that when we decide to do something, it's a decision. That's why I call it meditation on the spot, because I don't feel like I have to spend hours and hours sitting in silence. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, taking a walk in the woods, being quiet, reflection, however we do it. But I feel like it's, it's when we're in life that the meditation is also the, so important, you know, because it's when we're, it, it's, it's, it's the difference between, you know, it's like having a cup of coffee in the morning and be like, Oh God, I just don't feel like I, I just, I don't know ah, all the negative, you know, noise that can start. And then just saying, no, I, I decided I'm sitting down higher, hot, hell or high water. I'm sitting down every day at nine o'clock and doing what I said I would do because it's outside the context of what the mind thinks. I don't, I, do you know what I mean? Uh huh. Yeah. It, it, it's like disregard. It's like, excuse me, I don't know who's talking in here, but um, I love Anne Lamott says it's you know, K fucked radio. You know, it's like <laughs> you got to turn down the knot, turn it down, and and just go ahead with what you decided. Mm-hmm. It's the fear. And then, and then I'm also curious with Joe if you feel this way, and this is what I love about meditation groups I lead is that and writing groups is that it's the energy of affirmation that the group creates because we all unbeknownst to us feel less than. Mm-hmm. And yet when we get in a group, it's like, Oh, you feel that way. I feel that way. Hey. And then the wisdom and the joy builds and that's great affirmation because we can share our wins and our gains and our, in our insight. Yeah. I love group group work. Um, because of that, because it's like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that's been thinking <laughs> Every this forbid. way, right? Like we've we've all been we've all been dumbasses. I'm not the only one, right? And then it- hello, <laughs> I'm over here, <laughs> floating out in the universe. Does anyone else feel this way? Right, as we spit on this rock, right, that just is now apparently spinning faster than it ever has before. And we worry about these silly little things. It's like we're on a spinning rock floating through space, like just floating through space. When like I think that like when we can when you can really grasp that, that, that we literally are this thing just floating around through space. It's like, really, I'm not worthy of having anything I want. I'm on a spaceship floating through space. <laughs> I can do anything. But it, like you said, it's the decision. Right. Can we make decision. That, that decision? Um, when I was about to enroll in the coaching program that I did, I was like, how am I going to pay for this? I had no clue how I was going to pay for it. I knew I was going to do it, right? I knew my why, why I wanted to do it, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. And when Mm -hmm. I did it, when I signed up and I had the call, I'm like, all right, let's do this. I, I did not have the money to do it. Right. But I was saying, I'm going to do it. And by doing it, right, I knew, okay, now you have to figure out how you're going to make the money to do it. Right. You decided. And in the decision allowed yeah. everything else, right? To, it's to, the decision. To flow. The decision, yeah. And I think a lot of us stop, right? Because we get to that part and it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But when you decide, you're going to. Right. Uh, who said it? It's like whether you think you can or you whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. 
I think Ford's, I think that Ford motor cars said that. Henry Ford said that. Mm -hmm. Do you think you can? You think you think you can't? You're right. right you're right <laughs> both like ways. Arguing, it's like arguing for your limitations. I don't know if um you know, I think it's quite a decision not to argue for one's sorrows and argue for one's victimhood or you know why you're so oppressed or um but to you know say hell or high water i'm i'm gonna be my own fairy godmother over here best i can you know fairy godmother i always say well, i don't always say but i was writing the other day and i thought you know it's not the glass ceiling that's the problem it's the glass slipper you know, it's not, we don't have to break the glass ceiling. We break the glass slipper. The fact that someone's coming to save us is, is it's a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, get to like, knock on the door of your own creativity and say, Hey, fairy godmother inside. What do we need to decide on? Yeah. You're going to save just, yourself. You know, we're, we're, Cause if we're in charge, you know, if we have our own agency, I, I'm not so sure we stay on it perfectly all the time. I think it's, I don't think it's about perfect. I don't, I don't believe that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I believe in like, we're all human and we're going to fall back into our childhood ways. And then we need a group or people to say, Hey, I think you just, did you want to dip it? Or did you want to dip it? You know? And it's like, we need that, like that, I need, I'll just speak for myself. I need the constant practice and reminder to stay. Oop, you're over here. Oop, you're over here. You know, <laughs> um, otherwise I, I fall back. Like, and I think gurus and teachers and coaches are, they do a disservice to say that you're going to fix yourself. You're, you're never going to fix yourself. You're going to become more aware. Mm -hmm. That's different. Cause I think we live in a, uh, in a culture right now that says you can fix yourself. Right. And I think it's becoming accepting of our multiplicity and our challenges rather than, oh, if you, if you just do this workshop, you'll finally get clarity. Well, you will. And then there's going to be the next thing. Right, you know? <laughs> exactly. And I, I've been in with, with the people that I work with and, you know, saying I'm a manifestation coach, I love asking people, well, what's next? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, because you might come to me and say, I want to manifest a new business, a new job, a new car, a new house, a new partner. Okay. What are you going to do after you get that? Right? So the idea is that we create practices. Well, mm -hmm. Right? So when we have the foundation, like anything, right? If there's a solid foundation, then it's like, oh, now I know my practices. And when I'm staying in my practices, I know I can really create whatever reality I want to create if I'm doing that work, right? Am I meditating? Am I journaling? Am I actually setting intentions and be like, this is what I want? Or just kind of, you know, being willy nilly about it. But once we get it, then what? And literally just yesterday, I was talking to somebody about So well <clears throat> said, once you get it, then what? Right? Then what? What? What's next? Because there should always be a next, right? We should always be growing and evolving. Because if we're not growing and evolving, we're just going to become stagnant. And then all of a sudden find ourselves looking around and be like, well, what happened? I love your positivity. I love that you are like this coach that is, is so, you know, generous towards our humanity, because I feel like 
spirituality and our humanity go hand in hand you know it's like we're not trying to quote unquote transcend being human it's mm. it's the surrendering into loving our unfolding exactly at least for me it's like how do i fall back in relax into it rather than like oh, i got I gotta die, you know. Um, right, being in that state of know? panic or fear of like, I've been saying in the in the place of, oh my God, please help me. If you help me now, I'll never do anything wrong again. You know, like <laughs> that is not how we pray or bring anything into our life. Like that is scarcity and fear, right? Mm -hmm. But if we can be in that place of, I'm so happy and thankful for this and be grateful for what we have and set those intentions, like it, it will come. But if you are in a place of, oh my goodness, Jesus, please help me. You're probably going to be waiting a long time. <laughs> yeah, and it's okay to. I, I think, I think surrendering to share with somebody and saying, "Hey, could you help me? I don't. This is the thoughts that I'm having. Can you help me?" Like mm -hmm. one thing I love about being a writing and meditation and you know a life coach and sense is that it's an honor to listen to what somebody is working through. Mm -hmm. and to say what is the best out what, what's the best that what's the best that could happen exactly because our minds are going to automatically say what the worst that can happen so i would rather focus on what's the best that can happen mm -hmm. i i tell everybody i work with that that that's one of the first switches we have to flip because and where <laughs> that came from like seriously where did that come from what's the worst that can happen what is that? Why would we even want to look at what's the worst, right? Like I heard well, survival, you know, we're so the mind is so pro survival. We're so pro survival. It's like, think about high school. By the time we're in high school, it's like, what, what type of hair? What type of skin? How many zits? What grades you get? I mean, you're already down the rabbit hole of like, am I fitting in or not? And our whole life is pro survival. Mm hmm. What are we going to do after high school? Are we going to be a success? What, you know, the big future that we're going to become, you know, mm -hmm. um, we've already been trained out of being present. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I think the experience of what's the best that can happen is sort of, it, it's like a self-awareness. Uh, it's, it's the ability to be self-aware, but like you said, in our own joy, mm -hmm. without a grasping or a lacking. I, I just think the experience of, of following our lightness, following what feels good, following what feels like, oh, this feels friendly to me. That Well, that's a radical act. Uh -huh. <laughs> Friendliness to the self is a radical act. <laughs> right. And knowing that we're all worthy of that, right? Like, we should be able to experience these things. Amen. I mean, I'm just, I was diagnosed with dyslexia when I was in my late twenties, like 20, age 29. And so whether I'm dyslexic or not, I mean, I feel like these, you know, if somebody has been diagnosed with something, it sort of builds also in, Oh, that's what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have that, you know? And I'm, I've sort of gotten to a point where I'm not even a fan of these diagnoses because I feel like, yes, in some ways, they're a relief to learn how we think, how we don't think, yada, yada. But 
isn't it a more important conversation to how, how do you want to relate to yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, not how do I want to relate to what I think is wrong with me? <laughs> I, just I just don't see much value. In that. None, not at all. Not at all. And that kind of goes back to, to that, that practice that, that I heard Alex talk about this morning was, you know, changing that. Right. So exactly. I'm, I'm, like this diagnosis is not going to make me small. I'm no. going to use it to make me big. Right. Like change the story instead of it being this is my crutch that I get now. Right. No, no, we don't need crutches. <laughs> like throw the crutches away. This is what makes me strong. This is where my strength comes from. And again, yes. our, our mind doesn't know what's real or make believe. Right. And like we see right. it every day with the placebo effect and how the placebo effect is is a real thing, right? And it's the power of our mind. But we, most humans choose not to program the mind <laughs> the right way. And not that they don't choose. I don't think we're taught, right, that. Like, again, it's not like in school we're taught, you know, worry is the misuse of your imagination. If you're worrying about something, you're actually going to be more attracting that more into your life than actually what you want right but it's like everybody it's like grandma worried mom worries you know it's just like oh it's just this thing it's normal and that i just want to shake i want to shake this spinning rock and be like it is not normal to worry <laughs> focus on what you want right because it's so funny because um worry is so popular like i'm a worrier or i come i often hear people say i i've been worrying ever since i was a child and you know it's i think most things are just mind habits mm -hmm. they're habitual they're habitual pathways and those pathways are so grooved the samskaras are so deep that it's like there's an attachment and aversion to it too because you know we love it and we hate it there's always going to be that like finger pull. Mm -hmm. Like if you say I'm a worrier, well, part of you loves it because it, it benefits you in some way. And then you want to look at the other side. Well, what do you hate about it? Well, it's good to know that too. And then, you know, you can step back and see that you're attached and averse to it. And when you can step back and see that you kind of have this love affair and hate affair with a lot of parts of the self, then it's like, hmm. Wow, <laughs> I got all that going on. <laughs> right. What am I going to choose today? What am I going to choose today? You know, um, I think it's being free from our attachments and our aversions that we actually get some freedom. Mm -hmm. It takes something to just, you know, polish that, uh, that, that clouded mind that just thinks that, oh, God, I need this. If I don't have that, then I won't be happy. And then, oh, God, I got to go away from that. If I get away from it, then I'll finally be happy. Because those both have resistance to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's that sweet spot. We're, we're not really free. You know what I mean? The sweet spot is when we're not attached and not averse. Mm -hmm. We're like, ah, just kind of gliding along, you know? Right. Being present. Being present. Be, be, being present. I've been... Um using the um, example of uh, a highway in our brain, right? So it's like that worry habit, it's a habit. So my mom is 
will say, I'm a worrier. Probably when she hears this and then calls or sends a text after, she'll be like, Joe, you've, I, I know I'm a worrier. Right? And that neural pathway in her brain is set up, right? That superhighway is flowing. There's no construction, right? It's smooth sailing from that thought, right? Happening in our brain. But then when we try to change it, we have to literally build a whole new highway in our brain to get that new thought going. And once yes, we're doing it, say, it, it, I, or, mm -hmm. it becomes uncomfortable. Exactly. Or bringing language to, I am a person who sometimes worries. Mm -hmm. I am a person who at times am present. It's, it's like, I am, it's like saying, I am a, um, I'm fearful. Well, no, sometimes you're fearful. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're an I am right. that I mean I am joyful in this moment or I am enjoying this conversation I, I, I can identify with my courage I can identify with joy mm -hmm. or I can identify with worry I think it's a I think it's like uh, being fluid with our identity so we're not identified with being worried right I'm sure your mother is also a very courageous, loving person. So well, of course she had, of course. She, so she, she had six kids, say, super courageous, <laughs> right? Exactly. Right? She's courageous um, and loving. It's, it's that like, how do we change that? Cause then when we actually start saying I'm courageous and loving that it doesn't flow as easy. And most yeah. people will probably, you know, clench up a little bit, you know, like, wait a minute. But it's okay. Get uncomfortable, people. Get uncomfortable. Yeah, throw your shoulders back and open open to it. Mm -hmm. Like part of this is a physiology of the physiology of transformation is, is movement. It's throwing open the heart and the chest and saying, I am courageous. This is what courageousness feels like. Oh, wow. Okay. I know what it feels like. Yeah. And stepping into that. And I'm willing to guess that everybody listening has at one point in their life been courageous about something. Amen. Right? So it's like use that as fuel to go forward, right? Put yourself in that moment when you were being courageous. If you did it once, you can do it again. Like it's a moment-to-moment -moment choice. That's mm -hmm. what I always, I'm training myself. It's a moment-to-moment -moment choice. Am I identifying with my courage or am I identifying with my fear? Am I identifying with grief or am I identifying with self-acceptance? You know, we can choose in the moment. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to say that again. We can choose. We can choose in the moment. We can choose in the moment. Oh, that's beautiful. I think, because, wow, this went very fast. Um, I think that's a beautiful place to end. Everyone, you can choose in the moment, right? Like, the, everything we need is inside of us. You might not see it right now. But it's there. It is there. And if we can peel away the layers of the onion, start asking ourselves questions that maybe we don't want to ask ourselves, life starts getting pretty cool. So before we go, Jennifer, tell us where everyone can find you, what is going on, where can they practice, write, meditate, manifest with you, paint with you, where, where can they do all of the things? <laughs> Well, I am, uh, everybody can go to my website. It's jennifershelter.com. Shelter is like shelter, but it's with S-C-H-E-L-T-E-R. 
jennifershelter.com. And I have a meditation and journaling course coming up that is astounding. We really focus on the ability to feel that we're making choices and, and being in that moment and just saying, hey, I want to love and appreciate myself or I want to it's about that manifestation, mostly about loving kindness towards the self. Um, it's a phenomenal group. And uh, that's called the, uh, the joy of mindful wisdom. Ooh. It's an incredible group. And then uh, that starts September 19th. And then September 22nd, I have the joy of memoir. And that's really about crafting your life story, learning the skills to see oneself as the protagonist of one's life which is so deep and awesome. I just, oh, it's so juicy. Uh, so I encourage anybody who's interested in meditation, self-discovery, or writing your own life story to check those things out. Uh, yes, everybody go go check out Jennifer. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and your wisdom. I really, really appreciate you and all that you're doing for the world around us so thank you for being here thank you for being my guest thank you for being my friend thank you joe for your joy and your creativity and i just want to also acknowledge that i just love that you're an artist a photographer a coach uh, i just love your your positivity so thank you for putting your joy and your heart out into the world with such abundance thank you thank you so much and everybody out there thank you all for being here We'll be back soon. Have a great day.